Mark Girondin had worked in the filing section of the City Hall's engineering department for so long that the city was laid out in his mind like a map, full of names and places, intersecting streets and streets that led nowhere. In all Montreal, no one possessed such knowledge. He was the undisputed expert of the filing cabinets where all the particulars of all the streets were indexed back, forward and across. Those aristocrats, the engineers, the inspectors of water mains and the like, all came to him when they wanted some little particular, some detail, in a hurry. They might despise him as a lowly clerk, but they needed him all the same. Mark much preferred his office, despite the profound lack of excitement of his work, to his room, where his neighbors were noisy and sometimes violent, and his landlady consistently so. Mark's 40th birthday came and went without remark. Day after day passed uneventfully. And then something happened that made the world of the filing cabinets tremble to their steel bases. One afternoon, opening a drawer to its fullest extent, he felt something catch. Exploring farther, he discovered a card stuck at the back between the top and bottom. He drew it out and found it to be an old index card dirty and torn, but still perfectly decipherable. It was labeled Green Bottle Street. Mark stared at it in wonder. He had never heard of the place. Undoubtedly, it had been retitled in some other fashion befitting the modern tendency. He checked the listing details and ruffled confidently through the master file of street names. It was not there. He made another careful search through the cabinets, there was nothing, absolutely nothing. Once more, he examined the card. There was no mistake. The date of the last regular street inspection was exactly 15 years, 5 months, and 14 days ago. It was a lost, a forgotten street. For 15 years and more, it had existed in the heart of Montreal, not a half a mile from City Hall, and no one had known. It had simply dropped out of sight. Vaguely, Mark remembered how sometime after his, he first started to work, his section had been moved to another floor. The old-fashioned files were discarded and all the cards made out afresh. It must have been at that time that Green Bottle Street was struck, stuck between the upper and lower drawers. He put the card in his pocket and went home to reflect. The next day, he made up his mind. Pleading illness, he took the afternoon off and, with a beating heart, went looking for the street. Although he knew the location perfectly, he passed it twice and had to retrace his steps. Baffled, he closed his eyes, consulted his mind's infallible map, and walked directly to the entry. It was so narrow that he could touch the adjoining walls with his outstretched hands, a few feet from the sidewalk was a tall and solid wooden structure, much weather-beaten, with a simple latched door in the center. This he opened and stepped inside. Green Bottle Street lay before him. It was perfectly real and reassuring as well. On either side of a cobbled pavement were three small houses, six in all, each with a diminutive garden in front spaced off by a low iron fence of a kind that had disappeared except in the, the oldest quarters. 
The houses looked extremely neat and well kept, and the cobbles appeared to have been recently watered and swept. Windowless brick walls of ancient warehouses encircled the six homes and joined at the farther end of the street. At first glance, Mark realized how it had gotten its unusual name. It was exactly like a bottle in shape, with the sun shining on the stones and garden plots and the blue sky overhead, the street gave him a momentary sense of well-being and peace. It was completely charming, a scene from a print of 50 years ago. A woman who Mark guessed was some 60 years of age was watering roses in the garden in the first house to his right. She gazed at him motionless, and the water flowed from her can unheeded to the ground. He took off his hat and announced, I'm from the city engineering department, madam. The woman recovered herself and set her watering can down. So you've found out at last, she said. Tell me, please, he said. It was a curious story. For several years, she said, the tenants of Green Bottle Street had lived in amity with each other and the landlord, who also resided in one of the little houses. The owner became so attached to them that in a gesture of goodwill he deeded them his property, together with a small sum of money, when he died. We paid our taxes, the woman said, and made out a multitude of forms and answered the questions of various officials at regular intervals about our property. Then, after a while, we were sent no notices, so we paid no more taxes. No one bothered us at all. It was a long time before we understood that in some way they'd forgotten about us. Mark nodded. Of course, if Green Bottle Street had dropped from the perception of City Hall, no inspectors would go there, no census takers, no tax collectors. All would pass merrily by, directed elsewhere by the infallible filing cabinet. Then Michael Flanagan, who lives at number four, she went on, a most interesting man, you must meet him. Mr. Flanagan called us together and said that if miracles happened, we should aid and abet them. It was he who had the door built and put up at the entrance to keep out passers-by or officials who might come along. We used to keep it locked, but it's been so long since anyone came that we don't bother now. Oh, there, there were little things we had to do, like getting our mail at the post office and never having anything delivered at the door. Now only the... Almost the only visits we make to the outside world are to buy our food and clothes. And you, madam? My name is Sarah Trusdale, and I've lived here for more than 20 years. I hope to end my days here as well. She smiled pleasantly at him, apparently forgetting for the moment that he carried in his pocket a grenade that could blow their little world to pieces. Mark and Miss Trusdale sat on her front step for a long time in silence. The sky's blue darkened. The sun disappeared behind the warehouse wall on the left. You remind me of my nephew, Miss Trusdale said suddenly. He was a dear boy. I was heartbroken when he died in the influenza epidemic after the war. I'm the last of my family, you know. Mark could not recall when he had been spoken to with such simple, if indirect, goodwill. His heart warmed to this lady. Obscurely, he felt on the verge of a great moral discovery. 
He took the card out of his pocket. I found this yesterday in the filing cabinet, he said. No one else knows about it yet. If it should come out, there would be a great scandal and no end of trouble for all of you as well. Newspaper recorders, tax collectors. He thought again of his landlady, his belligerent neighbors, his room that defied improvement. I wonder, he said slowly, I, I'm a good tenant, and I wonder. Oh, yes, she leaned forward eagerly. You could have the top floor of my house. I have more space than I know what to do with. I'm sure it would suit you. You must come and see it right away. The mind of Marc Girondin, filing clerk, was made up. With a gesture of renunciation, he tore the card across and dropped the pieces in the watering can. As far as he was concerned, Green Bottle Street would remain mislaid forever.